good afternoon and welcome to the program. We start off this afternoon with a distinguished visitor in studio, the village president of Jerome, Mike Lopez, here with us this afternoon. Mike, always great to see you. Welcome. Thank you, Jim, for inviting me, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about Jerome. Happy to have you here. We're going to talk about your 4th of July parade, and we'll get into those details in a moment because you were looking for entries and just getting uh, getting people uh, you know, geared up for it. But let's start just by kind of catch people up on life in Jerome these days. We, you and I were talking off air about the fact that many, many, many moons ago, I lived in Jerome for a few years, loved it, beautiful neighborhood, nice, quiet community, just, uh, you know, everything about it was just spectacular. Uh, and every time I go through there, it's like, yeah, it, it's still that. <laughs> so It has a hometown atmosphere yeah. intermixed with a metropolitan area of Springfield. You know, and, and that's a really interesting and a great point. And I think there's people who will, you know, n- probably not even realize uh, as they're driving through parts of town, what they think they're driving through Springfield, and they're actually driving through Jerome, and, and, and they're driving through some busy roads, and lots of businesses, and lots of things happening and there. And you make that valid point, and we also had contacts at the village. People were coming in to vote in April, and they want to know where Jim, where Jim Langfelder's name <laughs> and Misty Busher's name was not on the ballot. And we said, this is a village. But yeah. we had a number of people that thought that. And, and they actually reside in Jerome, but didn't realize they were not in the Springfield city limits. Yeah, never even thought of it. Because you've got, you got a mailing yeah. post office served by Springfield, so it has a Springfield ad, uh, mailing address. Uh, and a lot of those folks get, get at least a city water, light, and power bill for something, right? Something, it, yeah. yeah. So, so they just assume that. So, wow. Uh, and, and that's an, an interesting kind of conundrum that I, mm-hmm. I suspect uh, that you have in that you're there, you're your own independent entity, but people don't always realize that. That's correct. So, um, from the business side of things, you know, what's uh, what's the growth industry in Jerome and with where are your tax revenues coming in from? Um, my tax revenues have been stable. The villages have. We've been very fortunate coming out of COVID uh, with stable uh, revenue source with the sales tax and video gaming. I asked the board in January of 2023 to freeze all liquor licenses uh, that we don't have this ongoing trend. If you apply for a liquor license state of Illinois and your government entity, whether it be Springfield, Riverton, Spalding, whoever it may be, grants a liquor license, you have no control or notification mechanism if they apply for a gaming license until you hear that they're putting a sign up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just decided we were too saturated. But um, we average about 165 to 185, 185,000 on the high end per year off the revenue, off of, off of video gaming. Why not let the market decide then if you're saturated? I mean, if a business says, well, you know what, I can make a few bucks doing this, and that's just going to mean more tax revenue coming in for you, why not? I, I, the, the point is I don't want to become like it was a few years ago on, uh, to, my na- to the neighbors of the, to the east of me, uh, Springfield. Um, where you had all these payday loans for a while. Mm-hmm. And we do see a lot of signage that says video gaming. That It'll be market-driven. I do believe in 5, 10, 15 years. Some businesses are just going to say we're not going to do it anymore. Yeah. We'll, see what, we'll see what it's driven. But as far as just hanging out liquor licenses now... Uh, only if they're available. You know, that's that's an interesting strategy. Do you, do you worry that you might be strangling off future growth if you say, oh, nope, you know, you want to come in here and start a restaurant and get a liquor license? It's, it's frozen. Until somebody else closes, you can't come in and do that. 
Yes and no. One, yes, it's going to be in the short term, might strangle it. But a two, I have an opportunity with Legacy Point that's being discussed by Springfield. Uh, I've been in various meetings under the Langfelder administration, and I've now been in meetings with the MacArthur Boulevard Association that I'm a member of, representing Jerome. I was at a meeting this morning. And this Legacy Point actually comes to fruition. They get their financing. They start digging up and doing the construction. And um, it'll just unbelievable growth and business opportunity for all the areas. There's a similar location with a similar footprint. Uh, T, T is in Tom, B is in Boy, K is Kangaroo Arena in Bettendorf, Iowa. And you, on a given Thursday through Sunday up there, you can't find a hotel room, hospitality-related restaurant or anything. They're all booked, and thousands of people come to it. So I'm hoping that op economic uh, will come and flow into Jerome as well as, you know, you know the other entities. And I'm planning to ask my board in the next 90 days to consider some um, um, governmental legislation uh, for a TIF district to allow us to... Um, take advantage of and give, maybe give us some type of a tax break for improvement of infrastructure, but also if any of our existing businesses would like to renovate their buildings in anticipation of this uh, growth. So uh, does that play out just as in existing businesses expanding, adding more space, adding more tables? Could you see maybe a really nice hotel? Do you have space okay. for that in Jerome? I don't like think that? so, but years ago, way before I ever thought about coming down to Springfield, um, there was a number of hotels and motels on the Wabash MacArthur Curve mm -hmm. back in the 70s. And yeah. I just can't visualize that, but they were there. You know, you, you guys took a hit a few years back when the Shop and Save closed over there. It correct. gets utilized periodically. Our good friends over at Green Hyundai occasionally would do car sales and things there. But any long-range prospects for that property? Uh, yes, there is. I've been, in, I've been in discussion for about four or five years off and on with the Neiman a group out of Quincy uh, with Rich Neiman. It's to run County Market. And, yes, yeah, County okay. Market and Harvest, Harvest Market. Uh, they have informed me that they're, they're, in, they're in the final phase of securing some type of real estate agreement for that former shop and save location. Really? And if it comes to fruition, um, <clears throat> they would like to move on if everything goes well with some type of development in that air on that location within the next 18 to 24 months. Um, It'll be retail. It will not be a grocery store. Okay. But it'll be retail. It'd be good for us. But as anything else, they vindicated to me that, you know, they are having other developments ongoing right now. And hopefully within 18, 24 months, it'll come to um, actual reality. I know some grocery store chains also will occasionally operate like a, a, a higher-end, like, liquor store and, and have an expansive supply of, of liquor and beverages and things. Is that something that could happen, something you'd be open to if they were considering that? I would look into it, but I would also, as being realistic as an individual and as a, 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 as a representative of the village and talk to my trustees, see if it would be something to fit into, our, into our, the face and, you know, the... The image of the village. Along those same lines, a few years back, you and I had talked about uh, you, uh, your willingness to consider, say, a dispensary, uh, a cannabis dispensary operation. That was even before uh, pot was officially legal, but mm -hmm. we knew it was coming. We knew it was in the works, and you were uh, interested in considering that. And then, of course, the pandemic hit, and everything kind of went off the rails a little bit. But is that still something that might be on your radar or something you'd consider? I was approached by an individual in October of 2022, met with that individual. If they were grant, if their group was granted a license for Jerome, <coughs> they were going to, excuse me, we're going to pursue a development and buy an existing business and renovate that and retrofit it. And if that came to fruition, 
they would have been opening within the next 30 to 60 days in Jerome. What, what about it? So, and that, if that did, happened, didn't happen, yeah, but uh, did not happen. There are other cannabis related businesses. Is that something that might be possible? A craft grow operation? I would, a, I would doubt there because they would do a lot of infrastructure with the craft grow and also water supply. I don't think so, but I, I won't rule it just out. Just lacking the space for space, it? Space, the space. Yeah, we're locked in. If you know, we're locked in from east, west, south, and north with, you know, Leland Grove, West Springfield, all the way around us and that, you know. If the city fathers of Jerome did not give out, give up Jerome on the southern part of Wabash where Ace Hardware sits going west to Tuffy um, auto sales that back in the day that used to be all Jerome too let's say I'm in the market for a house and I see something in the city limits of Springfield but I also see something in Jerome why should I pick Jerome over Springfield hometown atmosphere with the thrills and with the ability for big metropolitan um, services. We have intergovernment agreements with the city of Springfield, Salmon County, to provide, you know, water supply utilities, salmon for utilities. You have the venues for the education, which is 26. If you choose to go to private or parochial schools, you have Lutheran, Lutheran schools, the Catholic schools and that, but also the tax base. We, city group, uh, the village group back in the 90s failed to pursue the P-tax round of as far as I'm told in generality, um, ability to raise the tax at a higher rate back in the 90s. Our, say, our property taxes are very low in comparison to Springfield. Um, perfect example, the average person in Jerome with the senior citizen freeze that they have an exemption or whatever the verbiage is, um, probably 50 to 60 bucks a year out of their property tax goes to Jerome. Mm-hmm. We we receive about forty to forty two thousand a year in property tax. Wow. That sounds like a lot, <laughs> but for you know at, for seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred business homes and residential business locations, that's not a lot in comparison to other villages. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as we talk about that hometown feel in the village of Jerome, Village President Mike Lopez here with us, that brings us back to the upcoming 4th of July parade, and that's one of the reasons you're here is to talk about the parade and talk about a call for entries into the parade. So give us the details. Uh, We have decided to have the 4th of July parade again this year. Uh, It'll be held on the date of the 4th of July, July 4th, uh, 2023. Uh, It's been a tradition since about 96. Uh, when the city of Springfield ceased doing their uh, annual parade that they had for a number of years that was sponsored by a non-profit group. Uh, We're not the biggest parade. We're not the smallest parade. We're just an old-fashioned hometown parade. But I'm asking all these politicians that that are like me that ask for money for your... If you have a PAC, you want your vote, a number of groups, non-for-profit, that you see uh, mentioned in the news or advertised in local media, I want you to show up... possibly consider being in our parade. Um, this year we're going uh, to, we're working on a detail with the Jerome Methodist Church. They have a member of their, uh, of their group that is, uh, lives in Jerome that is 100 years old and was a veteran and served in World War II. Oh, wow. So we're working on something with that with the church to see if that person will be in the parade and will ride in a, um, a car represented by a, lawn, a very well-known business in Springfield area. Very nice. Very and we nice. want to honor the other veterans. But, you know, and we've been approached by the um, the Gold Star, I believe it is, a group. 
that put the signs up on Washington Park over Memorial Day. Okay. Um, if that's the wrong name, I apologize. And I've talked to them, and there's a possibility we're going to intermix their signage remembering fallen military with our flags that we line around the parade route on July 4th. Hy-Vee is graciously um, going to help provide the uh, famous Neil Williamson so-called name breakfast hot dogs they did back in the day. <laughs> we won't throw them at people, but we will serve them with some volunteers, water, and uh, snacks to all that would like to have them while supplies last and just have a mixture and just get people together. Debbie Ross is going to sing uh, God Bless America before the parade kicks off at 9. Very nice. And we also have, I have talked to a gentleman with retired Springfield fireman who wants to remain nameless right now who plays the bagpipes. Oh, yeah. So he's going to play a rendition of bagpipe music before Debbie Ross sings. And, um, uh, you know, uh, as you noted, uh, even though this is not an election year, there's going to be a lot of folks gearing up to run for a lot of different things next year. So it would be a good uh, good way to start getting your name out in front of people and start, to, you know, uh, uh, nailing that down, letting people know you're a candidate for 2024. Oh, yes. So, yeah. you know, I just would like to, and uh, I know people listen to this radio show, and I ask that. Uh, open invitation to any politician, any elected group, any organization to join us that day. Misty Busher, if you are listening or your representatives are listening, um, I'd invite you to be in the parade. Back in the day, Jim Langfelder was there with his mother and his brother Josh and their family. Um, I mean, I would like... Well, Josh is a countywide elected official. You can vote for Josh in Jerome. Yeah. You can't vote for Misty Busher in Jerome, no, as we pointed just, out. No, but it's an open-door policy. <laughs> we invite everyone. And so if uh, if I can get my uh, Jim Lee Show fan club members together, they're booked pretty solidly, but if well, I can get them together in March, can we can we enter yes, in the parade? especially okay. that one that works at Lamphere. Maybe he can <laughs> maybe hold the banner. <laughs> So uh, again, uh, for uh, you know, and businesses can can come out and put, yes, you know, or yes. have a marching group, or do you, yeah. do you do floats? Do you have a lot we, of floats? And, we only have a couple floats, and we have one gentleman. Um, I believe their name is the Hall family or Hill family. They have a young lady that's 13 years old now, or 14, and they've been to parade about five or six years. They live in a subdivision, I think, on Westchester, mm -hmm. and they decorate a float and everything to make her look like a queen, and she waves <laughs> the crowd, and they uh, people love it. Springfield Fire will be there with. The a couple engine fire engines, uh, and then we have a couple first responders like EMS, Am American Ambulances, and a couple other groups have signed up. I mean, wow. just an old-fashioned parade. You start at nine o'clock in the morning. You get some. You have it. You get the free handouts, the candy, whatever. You get the the paperwork that says vote for me or support my group. You go get some free food. You gab for a little bit, mix, and you're out of there by ten fifteen. My uh, if my wife hears this, she's going to be working on a float to put our grandchildren up there. She's not going to be outdone well, by some of well, their family. But uh, <laughs> a few years ago, before I became active in Jerome in two thousand one and two, a uh, lady by the name of Ava Sarlett, who's who used to live in the village decided she wanted to promote the village and the trustees. So a bunch of trustees put their money together, uh, their own funds, and put a, worked on a float for weeks. And rest, uh, God rest my, uh, my mother-in-law's um, uh, soul that passed away a few years ago, Virginia Ormsby. She rode the float with these other trustees, and they're just waving like crazy. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. It was a good experience. So uh, how do people sign up, become part of this uh, this grand tradition on Tuesday, July 4th, the 4th of July parade I would ask the biggest thing to do is just call 217-546-2203. 217-546-2203. That is the Village of Jerome offices. Um, if there's no one available, pick up the phone, leave a message. We'll forward you an email with an entry form. Um, we'd love you to show up. I know that the Andy Goldman and Jim Allman uh, fan club has approached Jerome already. Uh, 
at an event or at a, um, addressing the board last Thursday night, and they're going to, I always joke because they always bring about 150 of their closest friends. Absolutely. Well, it'll be a great time, a wonderful way to spend the 4th of July in the village of Jerome. Mike Lopez, Jerome Village President, the number again, 217-546-2203. Yes, and just come out and join us and have some free food and enjoy, enjoy uh, the parade.